Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host... Maddie Murphy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. At least I think it's morning. I got my, uh, not statistics, analytics, analytics back. And most of you do listen in the morning. Actually, most of you listen at 11 a.m., which is a a random time, I thought. But anyway, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name's Maddie. I'm your host. And today's episode is a little bit different. So normally I would do like a Christmas-themed episode because this episode comes out the week of Christmas and I love a theme. But I don't know. This this topic was just speaking to me, probably because I brought it up last week and then I obsessed over it for like three days. So I figured I should just make an episode about it. And that topic is Lindsay Lohan. So this might seem random, but hopefully it's it's a good distraction from all the family time you're experiencing. I know that I know that the holidays are wonderful. I love the holidays. I love spending time with my family, but it also is overwhelming because you get kind of in your routine and then the holidays come up and you got to reorganize everything and you're socializing a lot. It's very tiring. So hopefully this is a nice little break. And that's really all I have to say for an intro. Trying to think if I missed anything. No, but happy week of Christmas to those who celebrate. And let's let's get into Lindsay Lohan. I am just endlessly fascinated by these women that basically raised all of us. I feel like my whole personality is taken from the characters that Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff played. And I don't know. I just, I love them. And what interesting stories. Most of them, most of these people who we grew up with who were child stars have insane stories and have been through a lot. And I think we owe it to them. I think we owe it to them to talk about them. So before I start the rundown on Lindsay Lohan, I do want to say that I got a lot of my information from Mila Tequila on YouTube. I watch a lot of her videos. I am pretty sure I referenced her in my Amanda Bynes video, or sorry, in my Amanda Bynes episode. But now that I'm saying that, I think it was my Britney Spears episode that I did on Patreon. Um, But she's great. She has a lot of pop culture deep dives. And then a lot of this stuff I just found on my own from Wikipedia and various sources. Let's take it back to 1986 when Lindsay was born. Also, a lot of people say like Lowen, Lindsay Lowen, but I've always said Lindsay Lohan. So I'm just going to I'm just going to keep saying that. I'll just call her Lindsay from this point on because we're basically best friends now. 
1986, Lindsay was born on Long Island and she was born to Dina and Michael. Dina was a former rocket and her dad was a Wall Street trader. And her dad is just a real piece of work. You'll see throughout this whole episode. I don't want to blame, I don't want to judge parenting when I myself am not a parent, but I am going to do that. I am going to blame Michael for basically everything. But Lindsay had three younger siblings, Michael Jr., Allie, and Dakota. You guys all know who Michael Lohan Jr. is. He is the boy in Parent Trap who gets mad that he was sent to a girls camp and not a boys camp. And he has a couple cameos where he's trying to call his mom. And uh, that is Michael Jr. That is Lindsay's little brother. Did not know that until I started doing this research. This episode is full of fun facts. You're going to have fun facts coming out your butt by the time I'm done with you. Okay, so Lindsay was signed to Ford Models at the age of three. It seems like Dina was really pushing acting and modeling on her kids. I heard that one too many times before, but Lindsay was signed to Ford Models at the age of three. She was actually their first redhead kid. And you know, shout out to all the redheads because I know you guys have been through a lot. Kylie, you guys know, who's my BFF, has red hair. She's one of the most gorgeous people I've ever ever met. But in high school, she got roasted for it. And she's fine with me saying this because I have told her that she came back. She came back and proved everybody wrong because how hot are redheads? Redheads are the most gorgeous people. And I'm sorry that, that you had people misunderstanding that because I just, I seriously pray that my children are blessed with red hair. I want my kids to have hair like Merida from Brave, just huge, big, curly red hair. That's my dream. So she was Ford Models first redhead kid, and she did a lot of commercial ad work for brands like Abercrombie and Calvin Klein, Pizza Hut, Wendy's. She even did a commercial with Bill Cosby for Jell-O, which is weird. I just feel like the process of getting famous in these days was so innocent. Like you just went to auditions and they cast random people who were good. Nobody had like famous parents. I think about the people we grew up with, Lindsay Lohan, Hillary Duff, Britney Spears. None of their parents were famous. None of their parents were in show business. They were taking them to like auditions. It just seems very, very innocent. I remember that I I really thought, I really thought I was going to be a famous child actor. I mean, I, I thought that. And I went one time to an open Disney audition and I curled my hair and I wore my best PacSun tee and they probably looked at me and thought I was 30 because I was six feet tall, but I tried. I really tried. So when Lindsay was 10, she got her first regular spot on a soap opera called Another World. I looked up Another World and soap operas, not my vibe, not my aesthetic, but Another World was a soap opera that ran from 1964 to 1999. Long running show. And the only reason she left this job was because she was cast in, of course, The Parent Trap. And The Parent Trap is directed by our Lord and Savior, Nancy Myers. Nancy Myers is responsible for other life-defining movies like Father of the Bride, What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday, The Intern, Home Again. Nancy Myers does it all. I want to live in a Nancy Myers film. Nancy Myers actually has two daughters named Annie and Hallie, who she named the characters in The Parent Trap after, of course. Her daughter Hallie actually appears in the movie, and I watched it yesterday to prep for this episode. And when I heard this line, I was like, that's the dumbest line in this movie. And then I was doing my research and I was like, oh, that's Nancy Meyer's daughter. So it's um after the <laughs> it's after the fencing the fencing fight and they take off their helmets and they're like kind of trash talking each other. 
And then one of Annie's friends goes, want me to deck her for you? And like puts her fists up. That is Hallie Myers. That is the director's daughter. So more than 1,500 young girls auditioned for the roles of Annie and Hallie. It seemed that they were always looking for one girl to play both roles. I always think like, why didn't they just get twins? But they seem to be set on this because they didn't audition any twins for the role. And I'm always surprised at how good the CGI looks because this movie's pretty old. I mean, 1996, and there's no weird like green screens or anything. It looks really good. I think it had us all convinced that Lindsay Lohan really did have a twin. And other girls who auditioned but did not get the role were Scarlett Johansson, Mara Wilson, who played Matilda, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, and even Jenna Malone. You guys probably know Jenna from... Hunger Games. She played Joanna Mason, I think is her last name. But obviously in the end, the role was given to Lindsay. Let's get into the parent trap though. I want to I want to focus on this for a minute because well, first of all, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't need to tell you guys that if you've if you've been listening for a while. But Parent Trap is a remake of the 1961 movie by the same name and there are a lot of nods to the original movie in the 1998. Oh, did I say 1996 earlier? It's 1998 in the 1998 version. First up, the two camp counselors in the 1998 version, they always call them Marvas. And I couldn't, I don't, I've never known why they called them that. I've never heard that word, but apparently it's their name, which I probably could have deduced, but (laughs) I'm not very smart. So the two camp counselors are mother and daughter in the 98 version. And both of them are named Marva. One of them is Marva Culp Sr. And one of them is Marva Culp Jr., both of whom are named after Nancy Culp, who played the camp counselor in the 1961 version. So they named them after the actress. Both films feature product placement by Nabisco. 98 version, it's Oreos. In the 61 version, it's Fig Newtons. Luckily, they wised up and did not include Fig Newtons. How bad are Fig Newtons? But you know what always makes me laugh is that they act like peanut butter and Oreo is like the grossest combination ever. Like Annie's like, everybody at home thinks I'm disgusting. It's like, it's pretty standard pairing, chocolate and peanut butter, but I digress. So Joanna Barnes is an actress who appears in both the 61 version and the 98 version. In the 61 version, she plays the Meredith Blake character and her name is Vicky. And then in the 98 version, she plays Meredith's mom, Aunt Vicky. I love that. I love that they included her in both. It's also kind of, it it lends itself to a theory that maybe these movies existed in the same universe. Like maybe she really did do this and she went through the same experience and then her daughter had to go through the same thing, you know? Somebody dig into that for me. So now let's talk about the best character in cinematic history. I know that we're talking about Lindsay Lohan today, but I think we need to focus on Chessie for a while. And this has nothing to do with the fact that people tell me I look and sound like her. (laughs) Okay, it does. It does. But um, I love Chessie. And yes, it's Chessie with a C-H. It's not Jessie. I know I'm going to get messages about this because I always do. But it's Chessie. It's probably short for Francesca. That is what Chessie is a nickname for. So Chessie is who I aspire to be. Chessie is exactly who I want to become. Chessie is who I hope I am to you. Just your weird live-in nanny who makes you chilly and knows you better than anyone else. Have I messaged Lisa Ann Walter, who's the actress, multiple times to try to get her to come on the podcast? Yes. Has she responded to me? No. Am I still holding out hope? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. She is actually best friends with Elaine Hendricks, who plays Meredith in the movie. They have stayed close throughout the years. And also Lisa Ann Walter gave birth to twins. That's not that's not all. She gave birth to twins on October 11th, which is the same date as the twins in the parent trap, the same birthday that they gave the twins in the parent trap. I'm sure she planned that. I'm sure she scheduled a little induction date, but still, I like that. So with Parent Trap, we could spend our time discussing the flaws of the movie, like how insanely unimaginable it is that two parents would ever think it's a good idea to separate their twins. But that's not what we're here to do today. Okay, just accept the Disney magic of it all. The Parent Trap launched Lindsay Lohan into stardom. It was received very well, and it led to a movie contract with Disney. So let's keep talking about that. After she filmed The Parent Trap, she moved home. And it was a horrible experience for her when she got home. Her dad was a coke addict who came home late at night, started fights. And she spent a lot of time away from home in her social circles. She was actually friends with people like Misha Barton, Lacey Chabert, who later starred with her in Mean Girls as Gretchen Wieners. So since she had signed this movie contract, she continued to act while she was in high school. And the movies that she starred in while she was in high school are Life Size. Do you guys remember Life Size? We need to talk more about that. I'll tell you why I fell in love with Life Size, because Tyra Banks eats plain butter, just like I used to do. Okay, she starred in Life Size and then the Disney Channel original movie, Get a Clue. And this is kind of where drama starts. She's kind of like a kid actress up until this point. So in 2002, Hilary Duff and Aaron Carter were dating. This is this is important. Because Aaron Carter then goes to Lindsay's Sweet 16, where he decides that he wants to date Lindsay instead of Hillary. And this this just ignites a years-long feud between Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan. I actually did not know about this. I didn't know that this was going on. I mean, who knows if it really happened? Because there's really nothing Hollywood loves more than a female feud. Like, they, they love putting women against women, especially young women, especially women in the same industry. And the only thing they love more than women against each other is child stars gone wrong. So Lindsay Lohan was about to give like the media, the press, the paparazzi, everything that they just eat right up. So now we're up to 2003, where Lindsay is starring in Freaky Friday. I thought it was interesting. There's only five years between The Parent Trap and Freaky Friday. She seems so much older in Freaky Friday. And she just seems like such a little kid in The Parent Trap. But she stars in this movie with Chad Michael Murray and Jamie Lee Curtis. In the movie, she plays a girl in a band and she actually is really playing the guitar and singing throughout the movie. And she decides that she wants to incorporate music into her career. So she signs a record deal actually in the middle of filming Freaky Friday. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram and it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. So she finishes filming Freaky Friday. She's fo- she's focusing more on music and her and Aaron Carter break up. He then goes back to Hillary Duff. 
Now we're up to the Vanity Fair cover. You guys know the iconic Vanity Fair cover with all of the tween stars. It's got like Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan, Raven, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Mandy Moore, all of those girls. It's like a whole lineup. I think there's nine of them. And this starts a little bit of drama because Hillary shows up to set with Aaron. And I kind of agree with Lindsay on this one because like, why are you bringing your boyfriend to this amazing, like female centered Vanity Fair shoot? Like she shows up with her boyfriend. I don't know. I would be bugged, but it sounds like a bad call by Hillary, but I think I'm just going to blame Aaron. I'm just going to blame Aaron because I'm sure he wanted to go to stir up things with Lindsay. There's drama. I don't know how bad it was. I'm sure it was blown up by the media, but in the end, Hillary and Aaron break up. So then later that summer, Freaky Friday premieres. And guess who shows up to the Freaky Friday premiere? Hillary Duff. And guess who her date is? Chad Michael Murray. Lindsay's love interest in the movie and her first on-screen kiss. So at this point, Hillary's looking like she just likes stealing Lindsay's thunder. That's kind of where it's at. And the tabloids went crazy. But it's also helping kind of propel Lindsay into a household name because everyone knew who Hillary Duff was. Freaky Friday, Cinderella Story were coming out around the same time. So these two were both like rising to major stardom. So then Lindsay starts filming Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Very underrated movie, might I say. And in 2004, she booms. She gets tons of press, tons of interviews, lots of promoting um, her movies, her music, and the tabloids are picking up on her. Lindsay then starts partying. This is when she's first seen with like Paris and Nicole and people are catching on to the storyline of like, okay, child star out partying. This is probably her fall from grace. And I feel like the media and the paparazzi just zeroed in on her because they were going to watch this girl fall. But she was still kind of seen as like a young kid actress. What established her as a real mature actor was her role in Mean Girls. And now I want to dive into Mean Girls a little bit. So Mean Girls is based in part on a book called Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman. And it was then adapted into a screenplay by Tina Fey. Lauren Michaels, who is the creator and executive producer of SNL, produced it. The script is entirely from scratch. Tina Fey wrote it entirely from scratch, even though a lot of themes and such were based on the book and also Tina Fey's own high school experience. She even named, Tina Fey named characters in the movie after people she knew in real life. Katie is named after her college roommate. Damien is named after her high school best friend. And she even named a minor character after her brother's friend, Glenn Coco. (laughs) Janice Ian is named after the musical guest on the very first episode of SNL. I loved that. I don't know why I just, that's a fun fact that that stuck with me. But Mean Girls was a sleeper hit. Uh, I think it performed better than anybody expected it to because apparently people don't realize that teen girls rule the world. If you can get teen girls on board, then it's all over. You're world famous. You're making all of the money if you have teen girls on your side. So when it was in theaters, it grossed over $130 million and Lindsay Lohan was officially a household name. So after this, she officially makes her move to LA and she hosts SNL where she kind of makes fun of herself and they they do like a bit about the Hillary Duff feud. She does her solo cover of Vanity Fair. She was then the youngest person ever to host the MTV Music Awards and she just seemed to be doing really well. But then Michael, her dad, starts acting out. He is accused of abusing his children, running out on 
$1,000 restaurant bills, which means the spotlight on Lindsay intensifies because her dad is being a total idiot. So Lindsay then turns 18 and she starts dating Wilmer Valderrama. This is who Allie brought up last week in our in our episode. And turns out he's kind of a sicko. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was kind of a perv, but he was like with Lindsay before she was 18. And he kept saying like, we're just like brother and sister. And then literally the minute she turned 18, they were like, no, just kidding. We're dating, which means he was obviously dating a minor before she turned 18, which I guess is what a minor is. Anyway, so Lindsay just tries to focus on acting. She's prepping for Herbie fully loaded. And by this point, she's making tons of money, like by far more than other young starlets at the time. I think she made something like $8 million from Herbie Fully Loaded. And her team is determined to capitalize on this time in her life. So they drop her old record deal and they sign a new deal with Casablanca Records. And this is when Rumors comes out, her song Rumors. I think a lot of you probably know that song. And she says that it's about the paparazzi and the presence that they've been in her in her life. And Michael, her dumb dad, is still acting out. He's punching people. He's being like a college frat boy in the streets of Hollywood, basically. And it's drawing more and more attention to her. And Hillary is still on the train of them having a feud. So she's also talking to paparazzi and press. It seems like this is kind of the beginning of the end for Lindsay. She gets admitted to Cedar sinai Hospital for exhaustion and dehydration, and she spends five days there and loses 15 pounds. This is an important detail for later. She's obviously entirely overworked. Uh, She's going through a breakup with Wilmer and she goes back home for Thanksgiving. And this is where the paparazzi catch her smoking weed. It's funny how people handle smoking weed now, as opposed to like 10 or 15 years ago. I think it was Miley Cyrus. Remember that, that picture of her ripping a bong and everybody lost their minds And now we all know that literally everybody smokes weed and it's not bad for you. But this was a big deal when Lindsay was caught smoking weed. So she goes back to LA after Thanksgiving and she continues to party. She's with Paris and she's going hard. A reminder, she's only 18 at this time, but she has so much money. She's getting bottle service. She's in the clubs. She's she's living the life of like a 30-year-old starlet in Hollywood. Uh, But then her, her first album comes out, which is called Speak. And it wasn't very good. Didn't get good reviews, but still went platinum because teen girls rule the world. And she's out partying and someone claims to find her wallet. They open up her wallet and it's got her black card, her ID, a rolled up 20 and a little baggie of cocaine. So cat's out of the bag. She's not just she's not just drinking underage. She's not just smoking weed. It seems like Lindsay's dabbling in some sniffy snacks. But she is like the epitome of a luxury teen in the early 2000s. Like she's got the bags, the mansions, the clubbing, the money, the style, the Von Dutch of it all. And this is probably her peak because it's kind of when she starts to fall into the Disney kid gone wrong category. She's kind of going down a similar path as Amanda Bynes. Michael then gets arrested. Her dad, Michael gets arrested. He gets in a car accident. He gets divorced. And then he tries to sue Lindsay for her own money. And while she's doing this, she's still trying to hold on to that acting career. And she and she starts filming her movie, Just My Luck. She goes to New Orleans for the Just My Luck premiere. And it's Mardi Gras during this time. So she's going hard. And the tabloids got everything. They called her a hungover, tantrum-throwing, no-show diva. People are obviously still speculating that she's doing coke. And then the infamous Paris phone hack. 
happens. So Paris has a sidekick. You guys remember sidekicks? And it gets hacked. And it reveals all of these texts about Ashley and Jessica Simpson, about cocaine. A ton of stuff comes out. And it's not looking good for Lindsay, who up to this point has denied ever using cocaine. In the midst of all of this, she starts dating the Laguna Beach guy, Talon, who I personally don't remember. But this, again, is just adding fuel to her downward spiral. This is the first time that she's photographed being alarmingly thin, alarmingly thin. Um, she's hyper fixated on thinness. And I feel like that was kind of the times then. I mean, we saw this with Amanda Bynes, with Paris Hilton, with all of these, you know, young Hollywood stars. Being thin was everything. And it's so, so, so harmful. Her and Nicole Richie are best friends at this point. They kind of drop Paris, but they are like leading the charge of skinny. And again, Lindsay's dad gets arrested, which means more paparazzi, meaning more Lindsay bad behavior, because it seems like this is just an endless cycle. Something happens with Michael. Uh, the paparazzi swarm on Lindsay. She gets caught doing something horrible. Then her dad does something stupid. More paparazzi. It's a vicious cycle. Lindsay's interactions with the paparazzi were so bad that she was in a car accident caused by them. The only good thing that came out of this was there was actually a law put in place in California about how paparazzi cannot follow cars anymore, which is kind of why we don't have as much juicy gossip, I think. If you look back on those early 2000s and the kind of tabloids and paparazzi shots we were getting, it was crazy. It was crazy. We don't we don't really have that anymore. But she remained adamant that she wasn't dieting or doing coke. She just lost weight in the hospital and she liked how she felt. So she was maintaining a healthy diet. But it seemed kind of like an unspoken truth that she was definitely doing cocaine and partying pretty, pretty hard. So at the premiere of Herbie Fully Loaded, she storms out because one of her songs was supposed to be in the movie, but it was instead in the credits. And this just adds to her diva narrative. It seems like after this, her her team tried to put her back on track because in 2006, she's cast in a movie called A Prairie Home Companion, and it has a great cast. It's got like Meryl Streep and Woody Harrelson, and Lindsay hopes that this puts her in a position for more serious acting roles, and she even got her own My Scene doll at the time. So she's kind of like running Disney. She's got a My Scene doll, which is basically a Barbie, and she's breaking into more serious acting roles. She even releases a new album called a little more personal. It got average reviews, but it's all about her dad. And we think that she's headed in a good direction. Things are things are looking up. But then she gets into a very public fight with her assistant at a GQ party. Um, there's more cocaine rumors. There's more headlines, more feuds. One of the rumors is that she allegedly wrote on a bathroom wall really nasty things about Scarlett Johansson and then showed up at ScarJo's SNL episode to try and like get in her head or something. Just weird behavior like that. Um, another bong photo was released. People love a love a bong photo. Um, and Tina Fey and Lauren Michaels actually sit her down and do a type of intervention with her where they express that they don't want her to throw her life away. They think she's headed on a really good path. She could be a really serious actress. And they're begging her to just get her life on track. She then goes to the CFDA Awards where Anna Wintour herself had to tell her to control herself after Lindsay had gone to the bathroom several times to uh, powder her nose, if you catch my drift. So finally, she's turning 21. Look, think about how young she is. Think about yourself at 18, 19, 20. Think about what you were doing. Okay? And that's how young she was. 
So she finally turns 21 and she actually throws a party with none other than Ivanka Trump. Random, random friendship there. And she secures a role in her movie, Georgia Rule. But the director actually wrote her a letter during her filming that basically said that her lifestyle is costing the studio money. She's not showing up on time. She's being really irresponsible. This letter gets leaked. And I feel like it's the nail in the coffin for her Hollywood career. Like she was not going to be able to act again after somebody had said that she acted like this on set. Uh, She tries to clean up after this and she goes to rehab. Her publicist announces that Lindsay has actually been in AA for a year and an email gets leaked from Lindsay where she basically says that the paparazzi have ruined her life. In 2007 on Memorial Day weekend, it's kind of just the beginning of a lot, a lot of legal stuff. She gets in another car accident, gets a DUI, uh, more rehab. She gets a scram bracelet. A scram bracelet is like you wear it around your ankle and then it detects your alcohol content in your blood. So she was supposed to be sober, but she wasn't. Her attorney was getting notified that she was drinking. Weirdly, it's then exposed that her mom was never actually a rocket which is just a weird detail. Her parents seemed to just be up to some really shady stuff from the very beginning. Her dad had even served time for like insider trading early in his life. So it wasn't a great foot to start out on. This is the end of Lindsay Lohan's career as we knew it. Uh, She went back to LA after rehab and is again partying, cocaine, all of it. So then Memorial Day weekend 2007 comes and There's a lot of partying. She left dinner and met up with her assistants and they're just, they're all partying together. Her attorney gets a notification from her scram bracelet that she was in fact drinking. That same night, they get her and her assistant get into a public altercation, which leads to her assistant quitting. Lindsay storms off, gets in the car and gets the cops called on her. The person who calls the cops is her assistant's mom. Lindsay's following them. She's threatening them. And once the cops show up, she blows a 0.13 and they find cocaine in her pocket. So she is finally arrested for a DUI, felony cocaine possession, and driving on a suspended license. And this is where we get her first mugshot. Everybody thought this was a phase. Everybody thought Lindsay would end up okay. And people thought she would clean herself up, go back to rehab. She even pled guilty to the court. So people really thought that this was going to be a rock bottom point where she could turn herself around. Her mom then decided to get a reality TV show because what do you do when your daughter is struggling in the spotlight? Uh, Just put more weird, bad press on her. They start a show called Living Lohan, which is determined as exploitative at best. After she gets out of rehab, she does return to acting. She gets a small role on the show Ugly Betty with America Ferreira. But her storyline is actually cut short because she cannot get along with the cast or the crew. And she said she was done partying and ready to get back to acting. And Michael then offers a public truce to Lindsay and basically blackmails her into rekindling their relationship and cue Lindsay partying again. Because when Michael acts out, Lindsay acts out. And despite the truce, Michael continues to bash his daughter in the press and she continues to get a lot of paparazzi interaction, which I assume, I I mean, if I'm putting myself in that position, I assume being surrounded by paparazzi at all times is so stressful. And if you don't have a healthy way to cope, you can turn to something like partying and drugs and things like that. And then when the paparazzi intensifies, you go back to your old ways of coping. It just seems like a really, really bad, bad situation. 
this is right around the time that her house gets broken into. Um, I, I call this the bling ring scandal because I know that's what the movie's called. I don't know if they, they call it that, but like Paris's house is broken into, Audrina Patridge, all of them. And um, so she calls the cops and they do confirm that her house had been broken into. Just a just a little deet, just a little detail there that she was involved in that. Um, but her probation is extended 12 months at this point so that she can complete her alcohol education course. They, the courts, after she pled guilty, um, assi- what's the word? Like assigned her to do alcohol education. Uh, but 2010 rolls around. And we're going to call this Lindsay's court era because it's a lot of ins and outs and DUIs and accidents and all of that. She misses her first probation hearing. I don't know why people would just not go to these things. Like, it's going to be way worse to not show up to court than it's going to be to show up. You know what I mean? But she misses her first probation hearing and they rescind her probation, issue a warrant, and they set bail at 100K. This is for her Memorial Day fiasco when she was in that car chase and when they found the cocaine. Uh, They give her another scram bracelet. She continues to get drunk and violates her parole. At this point, she's facing 90 days in jail for not not even completing her alcohol education and then forced to do 90 days in rehab. And on July 20th, 2010, she does turn herself in. But of course, because she's a star, she gets released early for overcrowding. After she gets released, she fails her court-appointed drug test. Uh, She's cuffed again, taken to jail again. She faces $300,000 bail and another scram bracelet. And the court tells her that if she fails another drug test, she faces over 180 days in jail. So she checks herself into rehab. It's more like a retreat, like celebrity rehab, I feel like is just like sitting in a hot tub. But what do I know? So in 2011, she leaves rehab and she's filmed stealing from a jeweler. And she's basically given 90 days to take a plea deal because she's violating her probation. She's failing drug tests. She's not staying sober. She hasn't done her alcohol education. And the and now she's caught stealing a like $2,500 necklace from a jeweler in Venice, California. Uh, she's given 90 days to take this plea deal. And eventually she does take the deal. Uh, she's sentenced to three months in prison, but she's bailed out after only five hours And of course, after she's bailed out, it's another slew of ankle monitors, jail sentences, bails, community service, and she is just digging herself out of this hole. So she seems to be putting effort in because this is when she guest stars on Glee. Uh, She hosts SNL again, and she gets her movie Liz and Dick, which I think is about Elizabeth Taylor. I think you can fact check me if you want. Liz and Dick did terrible, got terrible reviews. Didn't seem like she was trying at all. Seems like she just wanted to be cast in a movie and put no effort in. And in 2012, the IRS freezes all of her accounts for not paying taxes, a.k.a. my worst fear. Uh, To pay her taxes, guess who helps her out? Charlie Sheen. Another, another fine... (laughs) another fine upstanding citizen of Hollywood. Uh, But instead of paying her taxes with the money Charlie gives her, she gets three sugar daddies. Get it. Get it, girl. Uh, She's 26 at this point, which means she's still young enough to turn it around. She's only 26. She can still do it. And more rehab, more arrests, more mugshots, uh, more guest starring on shows, trying to claw her way back into acting. She's on Eastbound and Down, and she does a like a really in-depth interview with Oprah. I feel like Lindsay is a kind of classic case of, of being around the wrong people. 
I feel like her parents didn't have her back. I feel like people used her for her money when she was young. I just, I feel like nobody was protecting this girl. At the very least, you should be able to count on your parents to protect you. At the very least, that's the one thing you should be able to depend on. And it was the main source of her being exploited, her being um, the center of attention, and her being torn down by everybody around her. That that was on her parents because when when she she was a kid, she was 15 and 16 and 17 when her dad started acting like this. It, it's so it's so maddening because I don't know. I feel like I, I could have seen Lindsay as like a Drew Barrymore figure, like a definite household name, like some really core chick flicks, but then kind of just like a, a Hollywood staple with like a talk show. Like that's kind of how I would have seen Lindsay Lohan progressing like hindsight. Uh, but she did say that Oprah saved her life. She said that that interview with Oprah and filming that, it really did help her pull out. And in 2014, she moves to London and she starts acting on stage. Uh, she seems to be loving it. And I love that for her. I would love, are you kidding me? To see Lindsay Lohan on stage? I would love that. She said it's much more structured than filming movies. So it's really good for her and her sobriety. And in 2015, she's finally off probation and she gets a new manager. The, that manager seems to be keeping headlines clean. She moves to Dubai where I think she might currently live. Um, and around this time, she opens up her nightclub in Mykonos and actually gets an MTV show called Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. And it's about her Mykonos club that she owns, but it's more about like the staff. It's kind of a Vanderpump Rules vibe. Um, and it seems like Lindsay's doing okay, but then she publicly defends Harvey Weinstein, which is not, not exactly what you want to do ever. Harvey Weinstein is, for lack of a better word, a piece of shit. And Rose McGowan, who who led the charge against against Harvey Weinstein, actually defended Lindsay Lohan and said, said something to the effect of being a child star turned sex symbol can warp your mind. Let's not blame her. She kind of defended her, like she, saying she doesn't know any better. But that kind of is where we are at now with Lindsay. So really the only thing that has happened between then, that 2019 MTV show and now is that she was cast in a Hallmark, in a Hallmark movie. I'm pretty sure it's on, or I shouldn't say Hallmark because I think it's Netflix, but she's cast in a in a Christmas movie with Corda Overstreet. Uh, and I believe that comes out next year. It's not a this year Christmas movie because I think they just cast her. Um, she she models here and there. I see her on like, in like random, random magazines sometimes. She does reunion shows. If you guys saw the I think it was a Mean Girls reunion. Oh, and and there was the Parent Trapper reunion because she talked about Natasha Richardson. But I do, I do feel like she wants to get started in acting again. And I believe in her. I would kill to see a comeback from Lindsay Lohan. It's just, it's going to take the right role and the right storyline. I don't even mean as like a starring character, but like maybe a best friend maybe an assisting an assisting character. I feel like she can do it. She's still so young. She's only 35. Can you imagine going through all of that by the age of 35? That's so young. It's so young. And granted, she's had a lot of bizarre, bizarre behavior. She's had weird like Instagram lives. She's been caught faking accents, her weird dance video at her nightclub. I just think that in her formative years, she was not cared for. She was not um, looked after. Nobody had her back. And now she is the one bearing the responsibility for that at 35 years old. And it breaks my heart. I just, I feel like Hollywood takes young women and twists them and breaks them and wears them down. 
and then throws them out and leaves them to clean up the mess. And I feel like that's what happened with Lindsay and that's what happened to Amanda. And as a society, I don't think we did them any favors by agreeing with the narrative that the paparazzi were putting forth. I just, I think that had Lindsay had any public support, same with Amanda Bynes, if they had had any public support and anybody publicly defending them, they would not be in the position they were there in now. And I just pray for a comeback. I pray for a comeback because these women raised us, made us who we are, defined our childhoods, and I would love to see them come back. But I hope this gave you a little insight into Lindsay's kind of timeline and how we ended up where we are, uh, what it all looked like for her on the inside. And I think that as a society, we owe it to her to give her another shot. We really, we really didn't have her back when she was a kid. And now it's time to have her back. Similar to Brittany. Haven't seen a similar thing with Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff is probably the only one. Well, like Hillary Duff and Mandy Moore are kind of the only two who haven't had a public fall from grace. But we as the public can change that. So I'm rooting for Lindsay Lohan. I think you all are too. And I hope we see her in something really soon. I personally cannot wait to see her acting return. And I hope she gets a talk show. I would love to see a Lindsay Lohan talk show or a podcast, a Lindsay Lohan podcast. Yes, please. So I hope that this was informative. I hope you guys like these pop culture deep dives as much as I do. It's really, it's really what keeps me going, studying pop culture. It's, it's the only thing I have. Um, but I hope you guys have a really good holiday. Uh, I'm not taking any, any time off, so you'll still get a new episode next week. And remember to always be safe and be kind and be hot. And remember that I love you more than anything. Also go subscribe, rate, review if you, if you have a second. And I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.